Sedona. It is Saturday, February 24th, 2024, and this is Sedona Life with Stephen Hanks, Red Rock Country's radio magazine, heard every Saturday at this time on Mellow Mountain Radio. I have to start doing the mellow type of introduction of Mellow Mountain Radio, which is on KAZM 106.5 FM and 780 AM. I'm your host, Stephen Hanks, and I welcome you all to my third episode of my new show that discusses all aspects of life in Sedona and the Verde Valley. And at some point, I promise I will not continue to say this is my third show or fourth show or fifth show. I think now that I'm at three, I can put that to bed. Um, my producer in the booth is Ryan Thompson directing the show traffic. And I feel much more secure when I see Ryan sitting in the control booth giving me hand gestures. Unfortunately, though, I can't talk to Ryan today because I have so many people in the studio that he doesn't have a mic. So we'll have to save all the stuff we were going to talk about for next week. So this week's topic on Sedona Life with Stephen Hanks is business networking in Sedona and the Verde Valley. And my special guests in the studio are three members of the Sedona Referrals Club who agreed to come on the show today because I happen to be the president of the club and they are obligated to agree to all of my requests. That's one of the club rules. So before we chat with them, it's time for our regular weekly top of the show segment, Stephen Sedona Scene, when I tell you all about some events and meetings happening all over the next week in Sedona and the Verde Valley. So here are a few of the very cool things happening from today until Friday, March 1st. Right after the show, you can celebrate the birthday of Sedona Schnebly. I, I feel like I have to go into a Jerry Lewis impression when I say that name, who is the city's namesake, and that's going to be the Sedona Heritage Museum. Cake will be served at 11 a.m., and Schnebly's great-granddaughter, Lisa Schnebly Heidegger, will cut the first pieces of cake. Welcome guests and sign copies of her book, The Journal of Sedona Schnebly, from 11 to noon with the event going until 3 p.m. at 735 Jordan Road. Admission for non-residents is $7 for adults. Age 12 and under are always free, and locals are free for the day. Join the Sedona Arts Center tomorrow, February 25th, from 1 to 3 p.m. for Celebrate Sedona, an event featuring artist demonstrations, food, wine, beer, and blues music by the Tommy Dukes Band. This event is the opening act for the Sedona Arts Center 5 p.m. Vision and Sound Symposium, an African-American experience, race, arts, and understanding. And that extends to Monday the 26th. The symposium will feature keynote speakers, performances, receptions, and reflections. In addition, training will be included throughout incorporating critical response methodology. The Sedona Arts Center is on 15 Artborn Road. Um, I've, I've mentioned this the first two shows, and I'm going to do it again because it extends through March 1st. Uh, the 29th annual Red Rock Quilters Quilt Show through March 2nd at the Sedona Public Library. And Ryan's looking at me. He's very proud because I said Red Rock Quilters Quilt Show without messing it up. And of course, today begins what is arguably 
or maybe not arguably, as the case may be, Sedona's biggest cultural event of the year, the nine-day Sedona International Film Festival. This week and through March 3rd, there will be hundreds of films being shown at the Sedona Film Festival's Mary D. Fisher and Alice Gill Sheldon Theaters, two theaters at the Harkin Sixplex, and major film showings and live events at the Sedona Performing Arts Center. Uh, for complete schedule and tickets, go to SedonaFilmFestival.org. And uh, by the way, one of those live events at the Sedona Performing Arts Center, um, as or SPAC as it's called, will be a show from Lucy Arnaz, the talented daughter of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, and that's going to be on March 2nd at 7 p.m. Um, and uh, we're hoping that Lucy Arnaz will be a guest for one of the half hours next Saturday morning on my show. We're still in the process of getting that lined up, and I'm pretty confident we will have Lucy. Um, and also, one other thing about the week at the, uh, at the film festival. On February 28th at the Performing Arts Center, at 7 p.m., there will be a Grease sing-along. Karen, I'm looking at you. No. <laughs> so my guests in the studio today, as I mentioned, are members of the Sedona Referrals Club, a business networking organization that has been around incredibly for 31 years and currently boasts 19 members. Karen Cole, who is the club vice president, is a longtime insurance agent for State Farm Insurance and works out of Camp Verde. Cindy Crossett, the club's referrals master, is the owner of Crossett Financial Services and based in Cottonwood. And Dick Fisher, who is one of the club's newer members, is the chief social officer of eMerge Online Marketing. We're going to talk to all of them about their involvement in the club and their individual businesses in a moment. But as always, I like to start with a personal anecdote where appropriate. So I want to talk about how I became involved with the Sedona Furrows Club. And then my guests are going to tell their stories. So as I've mentioned a couple of times, I moved to Sedona in end of July of, of 2021. And when I was in New York, the last few years I was in New York, I was responsible for printing a magazine for uh, an entertainment fan club. I won't go into the details of what it was, but um, when I came to Sedona, the people in, in that group wanted me to continue printing the copies that would then be mailed all over the country to members of the group, about 400 in the United States. So I needed to find a printer and did my searches and um, narrowed it down to, to two or three companies. I think two of them were in Flagstaff. And um, I decided to go with a company called International Minute Press, which now is called Minuteman Press, mainly because it was a woman-owned business. And because that's just the way I roll, Dick. You know, if it has mostly women, I'm there. I hear you. I'm going with that. It was also a good, a good bid. So, um, so this all happened um, a couple of months after I moved here. And so it was, I think, the middle of October. And Tracy Hansen, who is the owner of International Minute Press, um, I told her I would go out to Flagstaff and pick up the magazines when they were ready. And she said, oh, no, you don't have to come out here. I'll bring them to the village of Oak Creek to you 
because I have to be in the village on Wednesday morning, but can you get up really early? And I said, what do you mean early? She said, well, I have to be at this meeting at 7 a.m. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm up early, no problem, but I really appreciate you bringing the magazine so I don't have to drive to Flagstaff. So the morning comes, the Wednesday morning comes, she pulls up in front of the house, I get the boxes of magazines out of the car, and I had to ask her, like, why are you in the village of Oak Creek at 7 a.m. on a Wednesday morning? Well, well, I'm in a business networking group that meets every Wednesday at the Red Rock Cafe um, next to Clark's in the village. And she said, you know, I, I know you just started working for the International Film Festival selling advertising. Why don't you come? You can have a complimentary breakfast. I'll invite you. And you can tell everybody if you're interested in joining. I said, oh, that's great. So I think the next week I came over. And once I heard everybody talk about their business, I kind of realized that I probably wouldn't be voted in. This was already in my head because I, I knew and I knew they would figure out that my work for the film festival program was periodic. It was just a few months a year and that really wouldn't justify it. But they also knew that I was a writer and editor and I remember Sandy Barrett, the president of the club, saying, well, we're not going to vote you in for, being, for working for the film festival, but you can be in the club as a writer and editor if that's a business. So after the meeting, I immediately went home and created a business <laughs> just so I could be voted into the club. <laughs> so that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And after a year of being in the club, I think it was about a year, um, I was I was asked to take over as president, which I am now. And one of the joys about doing that job is that I get to become colleagues and friends with the people that are in this studio with me right now. So um, I want to thank you all for coming. And I guess I'll start with Karen. Why don't you relate your story about how you've joined the club and and and. Tell us a little bit of information about how the club works. Sure, thank you. And before I say that, I just wanted to mention, you said that you liked uh, women, and this time you got women and free food, so that was a, a definite shoo-in. By, by the way, <laughs> thanks for mentioning that, because I never pass up a free breakfast. My, my wife and I, the woman warrior, who I refer to be as, um, 40 years ago, because we couldn't piss up, pass up a free breakfast, we ended up getting sucked into a timeshare in Miami. So throw me a free you. breakfast and I'm there. <laughs> anyway, tell us your story. Okay, so I'm Karen Cole with State Farm Insurance. I've been an agent for 38 years, um, and I've belonged to referral groups for about the last 15. Um, I'm a very firm believer in referral groups. It's like getting an extra 20 or 30 people to advertise for you. I like the fact that um, they're exclusive for your particular business, so you're not going to have... 12 realtors and that sort of thing. Um, I did belong to another group, well, a couple groups before this one, and Sandy Barrett that you mentioned before. Um, I knew her from NABO, National Association of Women Business Owners, and she was trying to get me in this group for a while, and I'm a very loyal person, so when I was in my other group, I was like, no, I'm, I'm happy here. Uh, when COVID reared its ugly head, uh, the other group kind of fell apart, and then Sandy was asking me again, 
but at that time they were only doing uh, Zoom meetings, which I personally despise. I'm on enough of them at work. I don't want to do that. I'm a people person. I want to be around you. I want to see your smiling faces. And I said, as soon as you go back to real meetings, um, if you still have the insurance position open, I'm your girl. So that's what happened. Um, and, you know, I love being in there. The people are always very, very high caliber. And that's what I look for in a referral group. Because not only are you representing your business, but if I refer somebody else, I want to know that that client that I referred is going to be taken care of. And, you know, you're sort of putting your own reputation on the line when you refer somebody. So it's important to have very good quality people, which mm -hmm. we really do. Um, and unlike a, like a chamber mixer or something like that, we all, we, you know, we all do that as well. But when you're in a referral group, because you get to present about your business and your life, people really get to know you on a deeper level. And it makes it much easier to refer people um, as well as help build your business. So I know Steven said the other day that pretty soon I'm gonna we're going to have to have new members because I insure most of the people in the group. Um, <laughs> but I do appreciate it, and I think it's a really wonderful opportunity for all of us. Um, and that's pretty much it. You have the camaraderie. Yeah. You have very professional, high-quality people to refer, um, and it is, like, really great advertising. Yeah. And and by the way, Sandy Barrett, who you referred to, mm -hmm. is, um, has a business, Red Rock Taxes, yep. in town. And she's, she's my accountant. Right. She's awesome. <laughs> right, right. So, Cindy, your role in the club is, quote, unquote, referrals master. Yes. So so I, I'd like you to talk not only about how you came to join the club and what the club means to you and how it works for you, but explain to the audience, because some people might consider coming and wanting to join, mm -hmm. what the whole referrals uh, process is about. <laughs> so. Uh, so how I uh, came to the club uh, was a client referral, mm -hmm. or I should say referral of a referral, um, uh, just mentioned about you know, this club, Were you, would you be interested, it's kind of early in the morning. So uh, me and my business partner at the time, um, we... Uh, visited and I mean it, it is a really great group of people um getting together and and we fell in love like immediately of wow you know they really you know want to get to know us and, and and know our business and want to start referring as soon as possible um so yeah it was it was a client referral that uh that just led to how long have you been in the club now um seven and a half years wow that's that's really good. We you should set an example for some people that join and don't stick around that long, <laughs> for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. So tell us about, without getting too in the weeds about how the referral thing works, because we have what's called in, inside referrals, which is pretty self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. People within the club refer each other, right. but then there's outside referrals, and so explain a little bit about how that works. So outside referrals would obviously be outside, you know, like um, club members referring to people outside of the club. and People they know to people inside. Correct. Right, right. People they know. And, and I think for the majority, we would prefer that it would be outside referrals more than inside referrals. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, it is a referral club. And, right. Um, but yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that's your job, and you do it very well. Yes. And, and so, you know, the requirement is two referrals a month. Right. So it doesn't, there's no requirement as far as inside or outside, um, but each, each member needs two referrals per month, qualified referrals. Right. So, um, you know, actually like introducing or. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we had a, we had a, we had a bang up year or I should say month uh, for January. We had 57 referrals for the month. So we had Is that unusually high as the as the club history goes, um, or recent history? I, I would say, as far as since I've been referral master, that's probably the highest yeah. that we've had yeah. in a month. Now, do you, we, have you been in the club long enough that you were there when it had gotten up to forty or more members, and then kind of went down because of the pandemic? Were you in? Um, I mean, I I was there for pre-pandemic but it definitely wasn't that high right. i mean it was it was in the 20s right. you know, like well 25 i, I or know that i've heard that in the history of the club it has been as many as 40 members which hope if the club ever got to that it would be awesome we'd have to like start our own restaurant and have meetings there yeah you yeah know, right and by the way, where we have our meetings, the Red Rock Cafe, I just want to give a plug to them. They're in the village of Oak Creek. Fantastic uh, restaurant. They've been great to us. Um, Michael Martinez, who's the owner, has been fabulous. So we, we just have a great time, great great breakfast, and uh, it's, it's a wonderful experience every Wednesday morning. It is. Right? It yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. So Dick Fisher. Um, Dick, I wanted Dick to be here today because Dick is one of our newer members, so he can give the perspective of somebody who's new to the club and you know what why he why he was interested in it and what he's getting out of it, um, and talk, and then we can and then segue into talking about your business and then I'll you know we'll go around the table again so Karen and Cindy can do the same thing. So yeah. go ahead. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so this is a, a kind of a little shout out to all my friends back in Minnesota. I don't have the Minnesota accent, I don't think. Um, but uh, anybody that's listening online up there, we uh, moved our business from Minnesota. I started my business about 13 years ago. And we moved from Minnesota to Sedona a handful of years ago. Um, but in Minnesota, um, I was a member of, of the third largest chamber of commerce in uh, the state of Minnesota. It's called the Metro North Chamber of Commerce. I was an ambassador. Um, we did a lot of networking events. And um, one of the things that I really, really like about business networking is, is the fact that you can, um, you know, get together with high-quality people and, you know, really um, – have uh, you know good referrals and and good solid referrals of of people who really understand the value um, you know and 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 want um, you know good quality referrals instead of just simply saying hey I know a person you know who can fog a mirror who might need your business mm -hmm. um, and and so that's that's one of the things I was looking at um, we didn't really know a lot of, uh, outside of the chamber, the Sedona Chamber of Commerce, we didn't know a lot of, of opportunities. And being the social media um, person that I am, I started poking around on social media and on the Facebook pages and came across a, a, a Sedona community group and just started putting questions out. Hey, does anybody know, you know business networking groups in the area? 
And one of the members of SRC, um, her name is Camilla with um, the Emerson Theater Camilla, Collaborative. Camilla Ross. Camilla yeah. Ross, yep. Uh, she started a conversation with me and basically said, hey, we're meeting at, at this place on Wednesday morning and, and uh, come on over. We'll, you know, we'll give you free breakfast. And I mean, who doesn't like free breakfast, right? <laughs> and um, we walked into the room and the people were just amazing. I mean, it was just, you know, it, 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 you, 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 as the new kid on the block, you walk into the room and you expect that people are going to be going, you know, oh, what's this guy doing? Well, you know, who are they? You know, that kind of thing. But no, it was, everybody was welcoming. Everybody was, was um, um, you know, they were just great. And we're two months in, and I'm starting to look at a lot of these people as more than just, you know, business contacts. They're, they're you know, they're, they're, they're becoming friends. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, the, the, the quality and caliber of, of the people are really what struck us. Yeah, you know, when I, when I pick up the check at uh, Jose's Cafe for you, you know a friendship must be developing, right? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think there's a little bribery going on there. <laughs> so uh, it, a question just occurred to me as you were talking, coming from Minnesota and being involved in business networking in a big city. Like, are there any differences uh, in, in being involved in that in a city like Minnesota and then uh, in a relatively small town like this? Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that's the case because, again, um, you know, if, if you're involved in a networking group where the, you know, the, the undertone of the group is essentially, you know, pass out my business card to, you know, to, to somebody who you think might be looking for my, my service or, or what it is that I do for a living or my company, um, you're still, you know, we're still talking high-quality referrals, high-quality leads, and, and people that, um, you know, we know and, and trust, um, you know, to bring those people to, you know, the other, the other members of the group. And here's an example. The, literally the day that we came as visitors, we um, met uh, a gentleman who does uh, myofacial re release. Mm -hmm. um, Dean. And we went next door to the grocery store at the end of the meeting and ran into a friend of ours there who was in a car accident or was in an accident and he was looking for somebody to help him. And we're like, we got a guy. And it was like, <laughs> I mean, it was seriously just like right after that initial meeting. And that's, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's, that's great. So, um, you know, one of the things I want to emphasize to the listeners about the, the club, um, if, if anybody is already interested in trying to find out more and coming to a complimentary breakfast, it is important that you be invited by someone. Um, so if you're interested in coming to a complimentary breakfast, reach out to us on our Facebook page, Sedona Referrals Club on Facebook. Um, and that, and then, and then we'll respond right away and um, give you some information about how to get there. And everybody should know if we haven't emphasized it yet, um, and you can't emphasize it enough, it's only one business person per category. So there, there isn't a lot of, com I mean, I, re I remembered actually um, when I was getting, being vetted to whether or not I could join, the 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 group knew that I was very involved in the entertainment scene back in New York, and that I had talked about wanting to develop cabaret in Sedona, 
and and get involved in the entertainment world that way and they immediately told me that if I did that I couldn't be in the club because Camilla Ross already had that category carved out um so and I think that's actually a good rule you know I mean if you start having multiple people in multiple categories it can get you know that that camaraderie and friendship could evaporate quickly <laughs> with the competition that would be involved. So anyway, so I think I'll go, Karen. I'll go back to you, and now we'll go around uh, the table and and talk a little bit more about our individual businesses. So tell us about your work with State Farm and. Hey, so I started yeah. when I was twenty five, a long, long time ago, um, and it'll be thirty nine years August first. Wow. I love what I do. I'll never retire, even if. Mm-hmm. Even if Cindy allows me to. Is that actually a word in the dictionary, retire? Uh, You know, I I can't imagine. If I'm home for a few days, I'm pulling my hair out. So, (laughs) no. um, But I do love it. And we really, we look at our clients as family. So I always tell people, we give you the same advice. If you were my brother or my cousin or whatever, you're going to get the same advice. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But they, you know, they always get that kind of um, treatment, which we really appreciate. And, you know, I love what I do. So... You know, I, we have the greatest clients on the planet and I am a little bit biased, but you know, I could make more money if I were in a big city or something, but I wouldn't trade that for anything. And now that said, if I won 86 million in the lottery, I would not be there tomorrow. I Just would, 86? I would share it with my team, <laughs> not equally, but I would. and I'd be on a cruise ship all the time or something. But, um, but no, it's really nice. You know, somebody asked one time at one of our referral groups, it was a question, uh, why do you do what you do? And I say it's like social work with a better paycheck. So I'm able to help people. And, you know, we're there through, you know, we know them when their children are born, you know, when they get married and when they have children and when they buy houses and when they lose somebody and all that kind of stuff. It's really beautiful being able to be part of that. Um, I always hire for empathy and compassion and integrity because I can teach insurance, but I cannot teach those things. So I think that's really, really important. Um, I did want to put a little plug for the group about the exclusivity again. So if somebody comes to the group and it seems like there is an overlap, you know, the the person that might be impacted will always have a conversation with that person wanting to come in. Um, you know, a lot of what we do does overlap with other categories, but when we're in the group, we're there for a specific thing. And um, and we all respect that, and I think it's, it's important to do that, and it's important for other people to know. Um, so that's very important. Yeah, uh, to... to amplify that we recently had an experience in the club where um people showed up they had not been invited they had seen information on the social media and said oh let's go check this out and it turned out that it was a conflict with a member who already was in that business Mm -hmm. so um politely explained it to them um so that's the way we're so as long as we're talking about process Mm -hmm. of the club or the structure. Mm-hmm. Can you just go over briefly for our listeners, like how a typical meeting goes? Like okay. from seven to eight thirty, it usually is like an hour and a half, maybe a little less. Right. But just explain what the structure is. So it's not a really, it's not a strict structure like some of the places I've been, um, and I admire that actually. So you know, we'll start. We read our creed and commitments. That is, you know, what we all agree to when we're sworn in. Which I almost did this morning because it's just a habit now. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And we have. We will always have a presenter. So we have a greeter. 
the greeter is the one who obviously greets everybody, although honestly, I think we all kind of fill that role. Yeah. It's a very huggy group, so if you have a real strong personal bubble, just let us know so you won't be fondled <laughs> when you come in the group. Um, but it's really nice. I mean, it's like you come in, and, and everybody is just so happy to see you, and it's, it's very welcoming, like Dick said. Um, and then um, we have our presenter who will do a 10-minute presentation, and that's on their business, and that's what I referred to earlier because people really get to know you know, more in-depth about your business and what kind of referrals that they're looking for and who would be appropriate for that, which is super helpful. Like Dick said, if you just go to a meeting and hand out your business cards, nobody really knows. Right, right. Um, so we do that, and then we have a personal presenter that's a five-minute um, thing, and that's just on your life. It's really on anything you want to tell. Sometimes people don't want to share about their life, but most of the time people do. And so you get to know them on a personal level as well as on a professional level. Um, sometimes we have education about every other week, and that would be education not on your business, but on but anything that's helpful, you know, networking in general or mm -hmm. how to write a good 60-second commercial, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and we all do, if there's guests, you know, we introduce them and they get a one-minute commercial, and then we all get a one-minute commercial um, that kind of kind of flops every week, not flops, flips back, you know. So one week we have a normal commercial, and the next week we'll have something special and fun. Um, and sometimes people get really carried away with that, and it's hilarious, and it just makes it a more of a fun group. Um, like, for instance, recently we had, what would you change about your first date or yes. your honeymoon with your significant other? See, so would you learn things about people that you never might have known otherwise. Right. But it's good. Most of the people in our group are super happily married. I love to see that being in that group. It also provides condition. material to, to tease other members, yes, right? Yes, it does. So right. once it's out there, you know, the beans are spilled. There so, you go. <laughs> um, what did I forget? Did I forget anything? We obviously have breakfast in between. Right. And talk amongst And we have ourselves. a couple of, couple of uh, seasonal parties a year. Yes, we do. Yeah. Usually, yep. And that's always fun, too, because it's a, an opportunity to meet the spouses or significant others if they come and, you know, to have a more personal discussion with people now like. one more very important fact that i think we need to reveal is is about dues because yes. people need to know if this is going to cost them anything of course so why don't you explain how that works so the dues are 250 a year or you can pay them monthly and they're a little bit more and i'm sorry i was paying mine annually so i'm not positive what that is i think it's 22 25 a, a month, month. Okay, good. or 250 for the year yes and okay. you can do that in two chunks like okay. two six month Increments. And then obviously you pay for your breakfast. You don't have to eat breakfast. There's no requirement. Right. So if somebody doesn't, they can sit and have water and not pay for breakfast. But I think it's an I think it's an important commitment time wise as well as financially because it is a commitment. You know, no matter what. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, you have to. And it's really important that people show up. Um, you know, because if you don't, you do it at your detriment. And and sometimes people are sick or they're on vacation. You know, we all understand that. But you really need to make a commitment to come every week. Um, I've been in groups that have gone every other week or if there's five Wednesdays in the month, they don't go. But I think just having the momentum is really important. And, um, you know, the more people see you, like they, I think with an advertisement, they have to see it seven times to remember something right. like that. So the more people see you, you're going to be top of mind. If you don't show up, you know, they'll forget you. So yep. that's very, very important. Another really impressive thing about this club is, uh, to me anyway, I don't know how any, everybody else feels, but um, there are 19 members currently in the club. And out of that 19, at least half do not live in 
Sedona proper. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we've had, I think we have four members from Flagstaff. Um, and like I said at the beginning of the show, you come from Cam Verde. Mm-hmm. Cindy comes from Cottonwood. Mm-hmm. We, and, and so um, it, it really covers the whole Verde Valley. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a lot of the people that are members from Flagstaff and outside of Sedona join primarily. I, I, I don't know. If primarily is the right word, but they want to get their business uptick in Sedona and in the village of Oak Creek. So, um, and if it, those it, people can drive from Flagstaff every week, I can certainly drive again. And and some of them come when we get some of that serious snow in Flagstaff, yeah, yeah. which is very impressive. So, Cindy. Let's let's hear about your business. You, you just made a presentation the other day and told everybody about how the stock market works, which was very helpful <laughs> to people like me who are still trying to figure out how the stock market works. <laughs> so tell us about Cross of Financial Services. Uh, so Cross of Financial Services is a full-service uh, financial planning practice. Um, I, I do everything from... Um, you know, college savings planning up to retirement planning. Um, my passion is um, with working with small business owners and also um, getting people retired. So retirement planning is, is a huge passion of mine. Um, you know, when somebody comes to me and is like, I don't think I can ever retire. And, you know, being able to, to look at it and, and do the math and say, oh, yeah, it's 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 totally doable. And, you know, I, I've had a couple of clients, um, you know, be like almost in tears when I said that they could retire. I had one client, you know, tell me that he loves me and that I'll never know truly like what I've done for him. Wow. You that's know? great. That's yeah. got to be one of the more rewarding things about work yes. is when you when you're doing things for people and you get that kind of reaction. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That 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 is definitely my why I get up every day and come in because mm-hmm. it's, it's just helping people, you know, it's, it's not really at that point, it's not really work. It's just, oh, yeah. you know, just doing stuff for people and, and making them happy. And that makes me happy. I mean, I, I get the impression that everybody at this table is kind of like me when it comes to the definition of work. I, I've never, whenever work to me was not fun, even though it was work, then it just became drudgery. So, which is why my friends always tease me about why I've never held a job for more than three years. <laughs> it gets crazy. But, but you've held a wife for a long time, and that's saying a lot. There you yes. go. There you go. That's true. So I have my priorities in order. Um, so, Cindy, how would people get a, a hold of your you and your business if they want to hire you? Um, so you can go online. Um Give me a call. I have Facebook and LinkedIn presence. Um, do you have Do you have a web, an active website? I do. Yeah. Um, what is that? My website, uh, CrossFitFinancial.com. So take that down, everybody. CrossFitFinancial.com. If you're looking for a financial services advisor, uh, Cindy Crossit is your person. So, um, Karen, what is your uh, connection? Your um, my website. Your website. Your well, it's my name. So it's um, obviously www, and it's at kcoleinsurance.com. Got it. Got it. Okay, Dick, tell us about Emerge Marketing. Yeah, Emerge Online Marketing. Um, I started 
I started my company, like I said, about 13 and a half years ago, and it was an opportunity that I had, again, back to Minnesota, um, where um, the state of Minnesota um, gave me uh, an opportunity to go um, to a college. I got a mini MBA in business admin, and then they gave me a fistful of grant money and said, go get smart in the area you want to run your business. And I looked at social media at the time as one of those up-and-coming things that could be beneficial to small to mid-sized businesses. Um, and, and so, you know, after I went through the educational aspect of everything I did, um, I flipped on the lights and we started um, becoming the social media marketing department down the hall for our clients and really focused on establishing that relationship with the clients that we work with. Um, today we have uh, 30-some clients that we are their social media marketing department in about 11 states. Um, and we just basically handle everything from tip to tail um, that, that touches social media. So we create all their content, we monitor all their conversations, we do all their advertising on social media, and then we monitor all the online review sites looking for um, comments and reviews that are left, make sure that they get responded to, and we wake up tomorrow and do the same thing all over again. Yeah. Now, you, um, I know you've just uh, written like a manual or or a, or an ebook or yeah. you can you can explain it. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I wrote a, a, a an, and I'm waiting for the ISBN number to come so I can publish it. But I, I, I wrote an ebook. It's about a 25 page, relatively easy read on um, how small businesses can effectively manage their own online reputation. So. When it comes to reputation management, um, reviews are important. Responding to reviews are important because everybody you know, out there is looking at reviews to see who they want to do business mm -hmm. with, but it's also helpful for the Googles. So you know, in addition to you know, receiving and res uh, responding to the reviews, um, you know, so that, that was the, the, the premise of writing the book, and I'm kind of excited to get it, get it uh, pushed out there, and I think it would be really helpful for a lot of small businesses. And you, you said you have a second one in, in the planning stages. What what will that be about? Yeah, it's it's interesting because when I started doing this, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, no, it was a couple of years ago actually. Um, I, you know, I looked at social media strategy as something that you know there was a lot of people who really didn't understand that there's a strategy behind social media, and you know, it was like, hey, I threw something on Twitter so I can go have lunch today, right? <clears throat> and the 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 strategy. Um, over the years really hasn't changed. And so I, I, I finished the ebook on reputation management and started looking at creating another ebook on helping businesses who want to manage their own social media but don't understand what the strategy looks like. So it's going to be a, you know, the strategic, um, the strategic aspect to managing your own social media. Mm -hmm. That's great. Great. Karen, I wanted to come back to you um, and ask you, since you're the insurance expert at the table. Um, they tell me. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 are, is there anything specific about getting insurance in this area as opposed to other areas of the country? Or like what, what's your feeling about what's happening in general in the insurance industry nationwide? We are in a lot better shape than some states, um, especially California. There are many states where not just State Farm, but many, many, many other carriers are no longer writing. Um, people in Flagstaff and Prescott are having trouble if they're in the wildfire area. Mm -hmm. You know, um, 
I mean, I always say we're not the government. We can't print money in the basement and force somebody else to pay for it. So right. we have to be fiscally responsible. And it is definitely tightening. So um, I tried to quote a gentleman, and he had two total losses and two tickets in the past three years. And he's like, I'm paying so much. And I said, you're lucky you have it at all. And yeah. so honestly, if you were my brother, I'd be like, don't turn anything in for the next three years. Get it clean for three years. So, um, you know, it's insurance has a lot of factors that are not just insurance based. It's so much credit. And, you know, so things, people that were in the habit of, you know, letting their insurance lapse and a few months later trying to reinstate it and stuff like that, they're going to have a darn hard time getting coverage. Um, you know, basically, I mean, you can always make a covered claim, but we try to educate people about things, you know, insurance is all about average, right? You know, it's emotional for all of us who pay for it, but it's only actuarial for the carriers. So, you know, they're just looking at who's costing them money. Basically, I say like in school, nobody aims to be a D student, right? Um, you want to be above average, but for claims and stuff, you want to be below and just like credit. You know, if you have better credit, you're going to have an easier time getting it. If you do not, it's going to make it harder. So um, it's very different than it used to be. I've never seen it like this in all my years. And I'm on an insurance forum where there's mostly brokers, so people who write for lots of carriers, and they're talking every day about how they're, you know, the companies that sponsor them are canceling them. Uh, one guy said he's got his rep coming in to give him grief about not writing enough, and he said, you've you've declined seven of my applications in the past week. Mm. So how is that my fault? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's good really to have somebody to talk to about it who's familiar with it because it's not the way it used to be at all. Even yeah. three or four years ago, it's very different. Do you, do you think Arizona is in any danger of facing a, a, a similar situation as they had in Florida recently <laughs> with, with homeowners, I insurance mean, companies bailing? My crystal ball doesn't work all that well, but, yeah. um, but you know, it can happen because insurance companies are for-profit companies. We're not going to stay someplace that we're losing money. And right. I think I read that in Florida in three years, they had 33 companies pull out. Wow. Um, I have a gentleman who has a second home in Sedona that I'm writing, and he lives in California. And he is paying $19,000 a year for homeowner's insurance through the California Fair Plan, which is like insurance of last resort. And it's basically no car it's like fire and then he's paying another ten thousand for wind and hail and he's like i've got to make 50 grand a year to after taxes pay that that insurance mm -hmm. and you know fortunately for him and his wife they're both doctors they're in a better position than a lot of people but you know it's it it's can be tough and you know a lot of it is if the insurance department will allow us to have proper rates so why you're seeing that in california is because California, you know, another world anyway, but they will not grant proper rates. They passed something years ago that said you can only increase a certain amount per year. Mm -hmm. Well, it hasn't come up with inflation, with losses, with anything. And, and they don't usually approve a rate increase for one to three years after you file it. So by the time they get around to improving it, you're four years past, you know. Right. Um, so we don't have that in Arizona. Our Department of Insurance is usually very flexible and pretty agreeable we have to even file like during covid we decreased auto rates twice and, and paid a dividend <clears throat> excuse me and um we even had to get approval from the insurance department to give a rate decrease 
but um, but they usually, you know, we don't ask for crazy stuff. So right. Um, but yeah, it's car accidents have tripled since COVID, and the prices have doubled and tripled. So yeah. we are all paying for that now. That's good information to know. And, and and what it says is that everybody's really got to do their homework when they're looking for insurance, whether it's car, home, whatever it may be. So before uh, Cindy, I wanted to get back to you, but I figured this would be a good time to say how I what my standing in the club is other than being the president, like what my category is. So my status has kind of evolved, um, but it's, it's still centered around um, now it's more media sales. I was, my category was as a writer and editor for a while, but I decided that I was going to like table that business. But because of the Sedona film festival, advertising sales, and now I've been able to add Mellow Mountain Radio advertising sales to my portfolio. Uh, a little plug, a little plug for the, the Chuck Helstein, the owner, is just giving me the thumbs up from the booth. So, so I, uh, it doesn't mean I'm getting a raise, by the way, because I did that. Um, but anyway, if, if you, you're listening to Mellow Mountain Radio, which you should be, at KAZM 106.5 FM and 780 AM, and you like what you hear, and you want to be sponsors of shows and advertise any time on the station, whether it's weather, traffic, any of the programming that they have here, you can contact the station directly through the website, mellowmountainradio.com, or you can contact me at Stephen, this is my email, Stephen with a PH. I always have to emphasize that. It's the, it's the, the spelling my mother gave me, so I like using it. Everybody asks me if I want to be called Steve or Stephen, and I, and I appreciate getting the question, but I always say Stephen because I think my mom would be upset if I didn't do that. But um, So it's Stephen at MellowMountainRadio.com is the email. So if you're interested in advertising or sponsoring, on the station, get a hold of me. I will. I always return messages almost immediately, as everybody at this table knows. Okay, so um, Cindy, what I wanted to ask you, um, kind of playing off your presentation the other day, um, let, let's let's role play. Oi. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's make believe that I. Um, so, so before I moved to Sedona, one of the reasons why I was able to move here and buy a house here was because I sold a brownstone in Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. And after I used half of the proceeds to pay debt mm -hmm. and part of my daughter's college tuition, mm -hmm. um, the, I, had, I had a nice chunk of money to put into a brokerage account. Mm -hmm. So... When somebody has, um, let's, let's just say million dollars for lack of a better uh, amount. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes to you and says, I have a million dollars. I want to invest it. Um, I probably want to get some stocks or some kind of brokerage account. How would you advise them based on their, their age, their level of risk? What is the process you go through? Well, yeah, it's it's a lot of questions. It's like, okay, so what's your ultimate goal? Are you still working? You know, when do you want to retire? You know, what's your risk level? Are you sure that's your risk level? Um, you know, and just, just asking a, a lot of questions to really get to know them mm -hmm. um, as far as uh, to what 
what to kind of recommend, you know. Do, do you we... have go-to packages of of stocks based on how much risk people want to incur? No, uh, I, I'm not really good at, well, I shouldn't say I'm not really good. I, I'm, I don't do a lot of stock picking. Mm -hmm. um, I do more of manage money. Uh, so I have certain managers that I prefer, um, you know, depending on what the client wants or what their goals are. And I let those companies do the stock picking. And, and uh, I see. You know. Okay. So, so when people, some people that come to you may already have those kind of accounts in place. Mm -hmm. And then you're really giving them advice on how, how they should utilize the money and when. Yes. And, and. Mm -hmm whether they should do a retirement fund or yes. those kind of things. Yes. Great. Mm -hmm. So um, how many how many clients do you have that are on like very high level um, amounts of of cash in their portfolio? Is, do you have like wealthy people in your in your I client do base? have some wealthy people, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you're able to come to the club and buy breakfast every Wednesday cuz yeah. you're <laughs> So what? So what's the biggest challenge in your in your work? Do you think the biggest challenge I would say is um, trying to trying to get people to start as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially the younger crowd. You know, which I'm in that younger crowd is. You know, I I know you want you know stuff now and you know to enjoy life now. But if you could just dial it back just a little bit mm. and, and start saving, I mean, just just the math in starting sooner the better, um, it just works out great, you know. Do just, you get into conversations with younger people like, um, hey, you know, the life expectancy at this stage is going to be like a hundred, so, you know, if you're in your thirties or your forties. You've got a long time ahead that you really have to get serious about that kind of planning. Um, no, I mean, I, I yeah, no, th I don't think that that kind of goes over their heads. Yeah. Um, as far as you it's know, too far in advance for them to too, think it's about. Too, it's too far. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, I can I can kind of relate to, like you know, yeah. who wants to think about what I'm going to be doing when I'm a hundred versus you know, I, I and and those that you know. We don't, I mean, we don't like to see, but, you know, those that are living paycheck to paycheck, you know, we want to mm -hmm. get you on a higher trajectory, right. um, you know, so start saving the sooner the better and, and any amount, you know, we, starting as little as possible is still better than, than waiting. You know, it's like, oh, well, let me get this, that, and the other done first. And it's like, no, you know what, mm -hmm. if you, you know, if you can, can really you know, work hard at, you know, making every penny work for you and still having a little bit to save for your future, right. the better. So so getting back to, to referrals, which is what our main topic is, what what is the best referral that somebody can give you? Or is that something that you really can't determine until you actually get with the people who are being referred? Um, well, I, I would say a, an ideal referral would be either like a small business owner, mm -hmm. um, which I really enjoy working with, um, and then also, you know, somebody that needs retirement planning. So there's not necessarily a specific age, um, but retirement For, planning, yeah. Yeah, is the big thing. Mm -hmm. Karen, how about you? What's your biggest challenge in, in uh, the insurance game these days? 
Um, I mean, I think that most of the time, if we get the time to talk to people and they really know that we're trying to help them, we close most of what we quote, which is lovely. Um, and we're super competitive, which also helps, which isn't always the case. But um, when you were talking about people and how long they live on our life insurance illustrations now, and State Farm's the largest life carrier in the country mm. as well as auto and home, but um, we're illustrating to 122. Wow. And it seems insane to wow. me, you know, when I started, I think we might have illustrated to 95 or something. And, you know, I know that was a long time ago. But, um, you know, I, I think sometimes uh, people will chase, you know, cheap, cheap, cheap. And, yeah. you know, people will buy things online. It's just like an investment planning. You don't want to do that on your own. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go online and be like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going to do because you'll end up not in a happy place many years down the road. And it's really the same with insurance. People don't know what they're doing and they don't need to because, you know, that's not their job. But um, and then they end up in a bad way because they didn't think they needed something or, um, you know, we always really explain everything. I don't care if you're driving a 65 VW, just want liability on or, you know, whatever. We always explain everything and basically we do it correctly or we don't really want to do it. Um, if people are hopping around all the time, they're going to get burned at some point. And, yeah. you know, most of the people that we deal with, thankfully, and I think for many years and cultivating that, but, um, you know, they'll take our advice and, you know, the ones who don't, obviously we document it, but, um, you know, we don't like, I, I hate surprises. I've said many times, unless they're sparkly in a velvet box. So <laughs> I don't, I don't want to have a loss and be like, oh, well, you didn't have that coverage. You could have paid, you know, $2 a month for rental coverage. And because of this, you don't have it. And now you're paying $50 a day for a car, that kind of yeah. thing. We don't like surprises. So we yeah. we're pretty thorough. Yeah. So Dick, um, what, what's your biggest challenge in your work and, and what, specific category of people interested in social media do you find you're working with the most um yeah the biggest i think the biggest challenge is is we have to have both sides of our brains working almost every day um, because <clears throat> in social media it involves the creative side and and you know uh, speaking to the consumers or speaking to the followers who are following a business's social media presence but we also have to make sure that that content is um, you know, is, is, is hitting the algorithms that the social media channels want us to hit. So, you know, when we're creating 150 to 175 um, pieces of marketing content on a weekly basis, um, it does tend to get a little, I mean, mm-hmm. you got to get up in the morning and you, you, you got to be on your game. Um, so that, so that's, that's kind of the challenge. Um, as far as, 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 you know, good, businesses for us to work with we have a real soft spot for nonprofit organizations mm, we have about yeah we have about 60 percent of our clients are um, nonprofit organizations and it's um, you know I, I i created a tagline a handful of years ago um it's our mission to help your mission succeed mm-hmm. and um you know that's not to say that we won't work with other businesses um, because we do, it's it's um, you know it's it's really dependent. We we take it on a very consultative approach, mm-hmm. and and sit down and talk to them, make sure that that it's a good fit for them and it's a good fit for us because we want to be the extension of of their marketing department. We want to be part of their team and not just a, a a handful of people who are providing a service. Yeah. What what social media platforms would you say you work the most with for people? Well, obviously the you know the big F. Um, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, or Meta, as they like to Meta, be <laughs> yeah, right. Meta Business Suite, right. um, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, um, X, formerly known as Twitter, 
Um, LinkedIn, we do LinkedIn company pages. Um, primarily, we will manage LinkedIn personal profiles for, uh, you know, for a small group of people. Hmm. Um, yeah, and then some of the, the secondaries as the business might need it. Right. Um, have you, have you uh, worked with threads at all yet? I'm one of those people that left... Uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, and have gone to Threads. Yep, yep. We which push, is also a meta product. It right? is, yeah. We push content out to Threads. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're pretty much uh, in all the go-to All places. the go-tos, yep. Okay. Reels, stories, TikTok, whatever they need. All right. I, I know who to go to when I start panicking about my not getting my social media out enough. So, uh, well, th- this has been great. I mean, it's it's just I just want to tell everybody before I close, again, the Sedona Referrals Club. We are working on our new website. It should be live any day now. It's at SedonaReferralsClub.org. Um, you can find out all the information about the club there. Uh, contact us if you want to be invited to a complimentary breakfast and if you're in a category that is not covered yet. Um, I really want to thank my guests, my colleagues, my new friends. Uh, for joining me on the show today, Karen Cole of State Farm Insurance, Cindy Crossett of Crossett Financial Services, and Dick Fisher of Emerge Online Marketing. Did I get that right? You did. All right. Thank you all so much uh, for being here. Thank you again, Ryan Thompson in the booth, for the great job you do. Um, by the way, please tell your friends who couldn't hear the show today live that they can listen to in the podcast version anytime through Apple Podcast. Uh, and it will probably be up probably by the end of the day today if Ryan isn't overwhelmed. He, Ryan actually has to get, get ready for going to the Sedona Film Festival tonight, um, for which I brought him a sport jacket. I, I hope he's not upset with me telling the whole world I had to bring him a sport jacket. But he kind of lives here, you know, so... If he forgets to bring enough clothing, he's kind of left in the lurch. Um, And please email me with any comments and questions to Stephen at MellowMountainRadio.com. And join me next week when my special guest, I am really hopeful, will be Lucy Arnaz, uh, who's doing a show at the Sedona Film Festival on March 2nd at 7. And my other guest for that show will be Heather Cherie Sanders, who'll be here to talk about the upcoming Sedona Yoga Festival, which will begin on March 14th and runs until March 17th at the Hilton Sedona Resort at Bell Rock. So there's a lot going on in Sedona. This is festival month in Sedona. I don't, I don't know what it is about March. Is there something about March that everybody wants to have a festival here in, the, in this small town? My guests are looking at me like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's go That's with the weather. Your, let's go with the weather. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot to do. Thank you all for listening. Tune in again next week to Sedona Life with Stephen Hanks on Mellow Mountain Radio.